0: This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. If you want to create more connection and presence in your family, check out the free connection challenge that we have linked in the show notes. When you do this 10 day connection challenge, you'll find more peace and presence in your home. As you take the time each day to do simple steps like looking your children in the eyes and giving them a good tight squeeze and reading out loud together and spending time in nature, we help you track those daily tasks as little daily habits. And you'll see real results in your children as they sink into knowing their love by you and feeling connected to you. And it's going to create more joy and presence in your home as you do these simple steps. Today on the show, I have the honor of chatting with Joy Prouty. She's the author of the beautiful book, Practicing Presence. She's a very talented photographer and the mom of six children. Is that right, Joy? Seven. Seven. My (laughs) gosh, I'm sorry. I don't want to short you. Seven children. Wow. I'm so excited to chat with you today, Joy. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me. Well, you know, it's so fun because we've kind of grown up together in the homeschool space as mamas. So this is fun to be together today. Yes, <laughs> I,
0: I met Joy at my very first Walden Free Conference in Oregon.
1: So yes. that was
0: uh, in 2015, I think.
1: Okay, so what yes. are we at? Eight years now. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I was wearing
0: I was wearing a hat, like a little hat, and you looked at me and said you look like a tourist and I'm sure that you were just making an artistic observation, but I was so nervous. Like it was, you guys were all so sophisticated. I felt very, um, (laughs) I did feel like a tourist actually. Oh my
1: gosh. (laughs) I probably as an artist, I don't even remember that, but I hope. And and it was a,
0: it was a group of like such um, like the Grey Gang and Ainsley and just very, uh, amazing women! I was honored to be in that van with all of oh. you.
1: Well, um, none of us ever feel feel like we have ourselves together, so that's right. something we have in common.
0: So. Yes, it's, a, it's <laughs> nice. At least we know we're not alone. Yes. So I want to talk about the sacred home today. The title of my book that's coming out in May is called "Habits for a Sacred Home," and amazing. this podcast is the Restoration Home Podcast. And it's especially about. Like, even restoring after a breakdown, like, we all want to have an intentional family. We all want to have this beautiful experience, but it's hard sometimes. I mean, life is hard sometimes. But you, you are talking in your book, Practicing Presence, about really paying attention, even in the heart and being present in the heart. And I think that's such a big part of connection and of, of presence really is just paying attention. How have you done that? How have you cultivated that while raising seven children and being a working mom?
1: (laughs) Well, Okay. My husband does the majority of the homeschooling, so he also does the dishes and the laundry and um, is pretty much the person who keeps all the wheels on, all of the many, many wheels. Uh, so I couldn't do it without him, first of all. Let's just say that. Thank you, Donnie. Um, but in regards to showing up to life when things are hard, I think I think for me, my heart has, has seemed extra-long because of my intense self-criticism. Now, there are things that happen in outside of ourselves that, of course, are hard, and those are s- somewhat easier for me to be present for because it's not like I'm causing that to happen. However, when the enemy is inside of my head, um, I can't escape, and I'm only blaming myself. And so... To practice presence is to pay attention to ourselves without judging, without criticizing. Um, And, you know, Brene Brown has this great quote that's in my book that's, you know, it's impossible for us to hold space emotionally for our children if we are not doing that for ourselves. And I think when I have been numbing out to life, I can handle it. I can handle a lot of things, that survival mode, keeping things going, but there is not connection within survival mode, or at least not connection that I would feel worthy of returning to or, you know, with good feelings. Um, And so, you know, the camera is just a way into presence that is kind of like a hack in a sense. So, I mean, presence is impossible if we are not paying attention to our lives. So it's, presence is the opposite of survival mode. And I think with seven kids, it can feel like we are in a boat floating in the ocean alone and there's n- no land in sight and no water. And that is how it feels inside my body and my head a good amount of time. So I had to find something to help me and the camera has been my way.
0: Yeah, so good. I am doing a mentorship with Stephen Lawson who made who created the Monk Manual. And he was talking in one of our sessions about how monks are completely present to their lives. Because they've completely given themselves to God. And so, you know, as mothers, I think we take so much ownership, like, Oh, my gosh, I screwed up with my kids today, I yelled at them, and they're going to hate me, and they're going to have relational problems. Or, you know, we, we project long ways into the future on our mistakes. And, and it was a really revelatory thing for me to think about, you know, a monk, they have taken a vow of poverty, they have completely committed themselves to be gods. And it's sort of like the, um, the catechism, I can't remember which one it is in my head right now, but it's, I am not my own. I belong body and soul to my beautiful savior, Jesus Christ. So it's, it's a acknowledgement that we're not our own. And so then I think some of that pressure can come off of us when we sink into or rest into knowing that we belong completely to God and that all of the results, like we can, we can put the results in his hands, but it is hard to get there. And I love that you talk so much about, you know, some really practical steps. Can you talk about the presence principle?
1: Yes. And I, first of all, I think what you were saying was so interesting about the lifestyle of monks. I, I would love to look more into that because I wonder how giving of yourself, like emptying yourself out in America in the way that we view that idea compared to the way that they're viewing it is different. So I would love to, to understand it from their point of view. So thank you for sharing that. Um, the presence principle is a four-step plan for, here's the thing, mamas don't have time to add one more thing to their plate. And so the subtitle of my book is, um, it's it's about becoming present through the pictures you're already taking, becoming present to your life through the photos that are already, you're doing it every day. The problem is, That we're all just, you know, we have this idea in our mind that we got to catch this moment before it leaves us. And so we pick up our phones and we take a picture and we're just using our thumb and it's one second and we're like, we're thinking we're capturing it into this little, you know, I don't know, memory box that we can return to and then feel it again later. But the problem with that is that it's not becoming a memory in our brains. It's not imprinting. So the research behind this is it only takes one second for a negative experience or a memory to, to imprint on the brain. We're going to remember that one thing forever after one second. So that's why I think that we're encountering so much, uh, negative thought, you know, loops happening in our mind on the opposite, a beautiful experience or something positive It takes at least 20 seconds for it to imprint upon the mind and become a memory. So I think that's a powerful explanation as to why life feels like it's passing us by, why our children's childhood seems like it's running by us in an instant. Is because we are not showing up and spending at least 20 seconds really savoring the experiences that we are trying to capture in the camera. So the goal of the presence principle, it's combining neuroscience research with photography principles to help these memories actually stay within you. Okay, so Uh the first step is slow down and breathe. So many of us mamas are dysregulated. Our nervous systems are in fight or flight from trying to manage everything. So before you even take a picture, you know, the next time your kids are doing something cute and you're like, oh, I don't want to miss it. No, do not pick your phone up. Just take a second, literally 10 seconds. Take a minute, put your hand on your heart, slow down and breathe. See, move from your mind to your body. We have to become dis—we're uh, we're disembodied. We have to become embodied. Okay, so that's step one. Step two is set an intention. So, our subconscious thrives on the setting of intentions. If we tell it something, it's going to be searching for that thing all day. our Our brains are so powerful. I explain all the science of this in the book. but um I know for the for a good portion of my life, I was saying to myself, "I can't handle these things. I'm a bad mom. Whatever it might be, my kids are better off without me. you know, I had struggled with and still struggle in times of stress with those sayings. And so then my subconscious was constantly scanning for proof that those things were true. And I would find that because my brain was looking for it. So we're going to help our brain help us by saying things like, I am present here. You know, it's a very clear statement, whatever it is that you are, you know, mine was, I'm a bad mom. So my good intention on the opposite, then I'm going to tell myself, I'm a good mom. I'm a good mom. I'm going to write it on my arm. I'm going to put it on my, I'm going to put it everywhere. So I'm seeing it constantly. Okay. So we're slowing down and breathing. We're setting an intention. I know it sounds like a lot that I'm saying it, but it's going to happen very quickly within a matter of seconds. So then you're just reminding yourself. Okay. That's the reminder. Then number three. You are going to look for an experience around you that you want to jump into, make it something that your muscle memory is getting involved. So we're not just using our thumb to capture this experience we are we are moving our bodies we are moving we it's a sensory experience. We want to remember this in every way. what does this moment smell like? what is it what are we hearing what are, what are we feeling with our finger every sense okay and then, By that point, you are feeling good in your body. You are in your body, not in your mind. You are in the moment, and then you take the picture. But don't just snap it. Take 20 seconds. And then that will be an experience that when you look back at the picture, you'll remember. We will always remember how we felt when we look at a picture. So make sure that you remember that you felt present, and you can actually remember the thing that happened in that picture rather than... um, it feeling like something foreign that you weren't actually really there for.
0: Yeah, this is so good. It's interesting because Instagram has stolen a lot in some ways from us as, as far as attention and presence and connection. But it's also given a lot because when my when my oldest of my seven children were young, I didn't have any skills for taking pictures. I definitely didn't think about getting in the camera. And so i I have memories, but really the the memories that I've, I have captured that I can go back and look at are so much more poignant because there, there's a, there's a visual proof of it. There is a, there's a visual that me and my babies were sitting on the porch swing together, or there's a visual that we were all on a patio about together. We had such a good summer, just everybody home and all kinds of adventures together. And those would just be memories if I hadn't taken the time to, commemorate it with the photograph. And, you know, as my children have gotten older, they don't always want their pictures to be shared on social media, you know, I either have to ask them, or I have to say, hey, I'm not going to share this, I just want this for myself from memory. How do you help your children not be self conscious? Or, you know, even, even with my younger children, or my children, when they were younger, it's like I don't want to be taking pictures of them all the time and then have them feel like they have to be posing. What kind of conversations do you have with your children to help them feel comfortable and natural even if the camera's going?
1: Yeah, well, okay. First thing to think about is we get to create a new family culture around the purpose of photographs. So when you're saying, you know, how do they feel about being captured? I almost never ask them to pose for a picture, we, and I realized that so much of the tension that exists around the photo-taking experience has been created by my own tension of what I think that experience is going to be like, because when they were little, you know, I look back and I see the ones where I gave them Skittles, and it smeared across their face, and I remember that tension in my body where I was like, just take the picture, And so, you know, my hope is that this creates a new, this helps mamas create a new idea of what pictures are for. So when we're saying you know, my teenagers, like, I'm never taking pictures of their face straight on. They all have cameras. I think that's a really important thing is I'm helping them to understand, hopefully, I am helping them to understand that pictures are Not for Instagram, number one. I very rarely share my personal family photos on Instagram. And a lot of the photos that I'm taking of our days are out of focus intentionally or it's showing movement. I am trying to capture the feeling inside of me in my space rather than trying to create something that looks pleasing to anyone else, even to them. So, you know, I want them to get as weird and artistic and, you know, just what does this feel like? How can you communicate that through an image rather than what does it look like?
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. The, you know, a big part of your book is talking about paying attention. And I think one one of the things that is so important about paying attention is that it helps us connect and enjoy our children. You know, I've I've had a few people lately talk to me about their children having behavior problems or sibling fights. What do you think the impact of paying attention is on the relationships, even in your family and the connection?
1: Well, as far as connection... We are most deeply connected when we are, like, we have times of emotional regulation built into our school day. So we start our day at the beach. We just moved to an island. Um, We have to take a ferry to get here. We intentionally chose to come here because we felt so incredibly disconnected from the earth, which has rhythms and cycles that we are ignoring, that our bodies are needing us to sync up with the earth with and for. And so I I think I got to the point where I realized my body is thirsty for nature and that we needed a place to be able to enjoy it together. And so we've been doing a lot of connecting in documenting the world around us and then submerging our bodies in whatever that is together. And that has created way more connection than anything that we've done before. So that's Cold water plunging. That's um, you know, there's there's so many different things that we're doing, but we are creating proof of that experience with the camera. They are excited to create proof of that and look back on it and talk about what they're doing because it's new and interesting. It's not just the same old. Well, let's just take a picture of you. And they're like, well, what am I supposed to do with my hands? What am I doing? It's not about that. It's let's connect, and then let's create proof of that connection it's like, you know, it's like, um, like jam, like preserves, right? We, we're not just eating the fruit, we are saving it for later, so that we can remember what it tasted like, what it felt like, what our bodies felt like together embracing in that earth experience.
0: Yeah. So do you do you feel like some of this attention to connection because you know typical American families are really all about okay I got to get my kids really well educated saying go to college and get a job do you feel like this connection has some benefits for your children in the future as well
1: I think that no matter how many things you provide your children to learn as a scholar um, if they have not learned How to connect deeply with themselves? They are not going to be able to have a career in which they don't get burned out. So, um, is that is that kind of what you're going for? (laughs) Okay,
0: (laughs) yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I appreciate that because I think sometimes you know, even thinking about families who put their kids in sports, like there's so many kids who do really well in sports. They excel, and some of them get scholarships, but a lot of them actually get injuries that they're going to have to deal with the rest of their life as as mothers as fathers pain you know and suffering and so i think it is really important as families to just evaluate for for me personally i feel like we have to know what our goal is what is it you want because we don't all have to be the same kind of family and it's okay to be different. And that is one of the things about your family. You guys have moved a lot. And that's part of probably your search for beauty, and maybe even just finding the right community for your family. How have you guys helped your your children adjust to new places? Because I think there are a lot of intentional families who find that moving to a new place is part of that search for their the right spot for their family.
1: Yeah, I I think in some ways we have searched for the right spot. I don't know if we've found it. Um, and so I think emotional regulation is the place we come home to ourselves. And that's why it's so crucial. We're making that such a huge, huge part of our family. Um, I think as far as what you were talking about, you know, <sighs> I have to be aware, my husband has to be aware, our kids have to be aware of their genetics in regards to what mental... Uh, challenges will they also be encountering on their journey? It's not just, okay, if you get a job and it's really stressful, or if you get sick and it's really stressful, like, yes, I also have illness that is definitely in their genetics that they are predisposed to that is exacerbated by stress. And so we talk a ton about how, you know, it, Yes, they have so many things that they're learning that are so important for school. They're right on track. Everybody's learning the right thing. They have their books. We have our curriculum. But we also understand that if people are struggling, we are not going to keep pushing. And uh, at least not that day, uh, my husband, one of his greatest struggles is perfectionism. Um, For me, one of my greatest struggles is a lack of self-worth. And we also have neurodivergence happening between both of us and our kids, uh, you know, that's what's going on. And so I didn't realize this until my 40s, and neither did my husband. And so we know there is nothing more valuable that we can teach them than to be attentive. You're talking about paying attention, be attentive to their bodies. Where are you holding stress? Where are you feeling this rise up in you right now? What tool can we grab from our emotional toolkit of presence to bring us back into our bodies so that we can do the task at hand, so that we can handle this difficult thing and it not send us into such a negative mindset that we, we give up
0: yeah that's so good joy i know that this conversation is going to be so encouraging the last three years have been very stressful for most families i think there's been um just a real struggle to keep our heads above water and to keep our joy on and so i appreciate these these ideas for getting out in nature and paying attention i'm excited for families to find your book practicing presence we'll link it in the show notes And also we'll link your Instagram so that people can continue to learn from you. Thank you so much for the wisdom that you've shared.
1: Thank you, Jen.